Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 12 of Revelation chapter 16. We're going to be reading verses 10 and 11. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. In our last study, we saw how Satan, who here is called the beast, uh, had his kingdom of the nations of this world um, become darkness because God was saving a great multitude outside of the churches amongst the nations of the world or where the great multitude was found. And, and therefore the light of the gospel was shining brightly, brilliantly, actually like never before in history. The, the message of of the Bible, the message of Judgment Day, the appointed day was broadcast into all the earth, and God used that message to save all those who He He still had to save, and and this uh, brought about a great spiritual uh, shining of the gospel. But then, once God completed His salvation program, and that coincided with the end of the Great Tribulation, the end of the latter rain, May 21, 2011, the day of transition from the judgment on the church to the judgment on the world. Then Satan's kingdom, the kingdom of the beast, was full of darkness. It had already been dark within the churches and congregations for 23 years, but now the world where the gospel had Switch to where where God had moved to in order to work His work of salvation. Now even there, spiritual darkness overtook the earth, and and this brought about this intensely spiritually dark condition uh, of the whole world. Mankind in their sins has always been in darkness. The church was in darkness throughout the 23-year Great Tribulation period, but again, that unparalleled, that unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Ghost in in the second um, outpouring of, of the Holy Ghost and during the time of the latter rain, this second Jubilee period, it's also uh, identified as God brought the gospel light and now the entire world went dark. No more light of the gospel to shine into the dark hearts of men. God had completed his salvation program. And, and that's why the kingdom of Satan the beast was full of darkness. And then it says at the end of verse 10, And they gnawed their tongues for pain. 
And there, this word is, uh, the, the Greek word translated as nod, is only used here in the New Testament. There is um, a, a word in the Old Testament that speaks of um, gnawing the bones, and and that has the idea of chewing on the bones when, like a dog would gnaw a bone, and uh, and and that could be the idea here. It probably is, although uh, we cannot find help through this word being used somewhere else. But it's as though they're chewing on their own tongues or gnawing their tongues for pain. And it's a better translation because it's the Greek word ek that's translated for. And that word normally means out of. And and so the, the better translation is they gnawed their tongues out of pain or a result of the pain because of the pain. It actually says in verse 11, and blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains. And that's the same Greek word uh, translated as pain in, in the previous verse, except this is uh, plural in verse 11. And, and so we wonder, well, what does this mean? They gnawed their tongues for pain. Now we know the Bible tells us that, that the tongue is a little member and it is through the tongue that men speak and, and through the tongue that men would teach. Um, for instance, in James chapter 3, it says in verse 2, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members." that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. The tongue it is set on fire of hell. Now, I don't, I don't know if we fully understand this, but basically God is saying in James 3 that the tongue is a little member of the body and like a helm of a ship, the, the little member of the ship, you move the helm and that enormous vessel, the enormous ship, follows the movement of the helm. And likewise, our body, uh, which is much bigger than the tongue, follows the course that our tongue sets. And if you've ever said something and gotten yourself into trouble, you know exactly what I mean. Now, spiritually... Pastors, preachers, teachers, elders, deacons speak and and uh, teach the gospel. They teach doctrine, and through their words, through their tongue, the course of a church is set. the The course of um, 
a theology or a doctrine is set and and if that course is astray if it is off course then they lead people to hell and that's why god says the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members and and then he says it setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell now it's interesting that in Luke chapter 16 we find in the parable of uh, the rich man and Lazarus that the rich man is in hell in torments and and again hell identifies with the grave in the Bible it's speaking of his being dead and um, there is no place called hell and that's why this is a parable but but God is teaching concerning the condition of hell and and this man has conscience existence while in hell or experiencing the condition of death and we have learned that uh, when God shut the door of heaven when he put out the light of the gospel and made this world dark that the world entered into the condition of hell so we can learn some um, principles from the rich man in hell as that it does apply to our present time where mankind has been basically killed for all intents and purposes once the door of heaven shut all the unsafe people of the earth had their um, their eternal destiny um, guaranteed it will not change if they're unsaved they'll remain unsaved well in Luke 16, verse 23 and 24, it says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. His tongue has been set on fire in in a sense. He is experiencing the wrath of God and his his tongue desires um some some cool water because the flame is afflicting it. And and uh I, I don't know all that we can gather from this, but of course the cool water would be the gospel. The gospel message especially regarding salvation because he he's in a place of torment if only there could be uh, the slightest bit of good news if only there there could be a drop of gospel water the the gospel during the last half of the great tribulation or the latter part of that great tribulation the the about 17 year period in which God was saving the great multitude had the gospel go forth and and cover the earth as the waters cover the sea it was plentiful bountiful the gospel was everywhere on billboards on buses on t-shirts turn a corner and someone was handing you a track it was on radio and internet and and just broadcasting uh, all over the earth God's warning to mankind, a warning coming right from his word, the Bible, 
that the time was short, the appointed day of judgment was at hand, seek the Lord while he may be found, was implied. And 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 yet all that water is dried up. All the ocean of gospel water is gone. Now you cannot find a river or a stream or a lake or a pond or even a drop of water from the Bible, from God, that will give the slightest hope or or provide the slightest possibility that an unsaved person can become saved at this point or at this time in the day of judgment after the door is shut, after the light of the sun is put out. The Bible offers no hope of any kind And even in this passage, God says there's a great gulf fixed between those in hell or the grave, those that are spiritually dead, and those like Lazarus in Abraham's bosom who are spiritually alive, the elect. And even if Lazarus and and the elect wanted to, they would not be able to pass that gulf and to to come from the position of righteousness and salvation and and bring a drop of water over to those in the flame under the wrath of God. It is not within the realm of possibility. There is no ability for anyone to do this. And, and that's the answer that Abraham gives him. And, and it's a negative response. You... you cannot even have a drop of water just as those people who knock on the door at the time the master of house has risen up and shut to the door and say Lord Lord open to us it's a negative response depart from me ye workers of iniquity I never knew you there is no opening of the door there is no giving of the the water of the word of God with the slightest possibility of salvation not even the a particle of of water can be given to anyone in their sins that they might hope well today god might save me and and uh, this is the awful situation this rich man finds himself in and and that would cool his tongue so we we can uh i think understand to some degree he would want that kind of hope in order to share with others. He 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 would speak that word um, uh, if there were a possibility of salvation. But his tongue is uh, is not cooled. It it is not uh, refreshed in any way. The torment continues. You you cannot because it's impossible now at this point have any uh, hope of salvation. The day of salvation has ended. All right, well, going back to Revelation 16, 10, again at the end of the verse, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now, the Greek word translated as pain is ponos. It's found three times in the New Testament, and we read it here twice. They gnawed their tongues for pain, verse 10. 
And then verse 11, And blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. That's two times. The only other time it's found is in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, where it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. So pain is joined together with tears and and death and sorrow and crying and pain. The all uh, grievous things, really, all sorrowful things, and all the result of sin, of the uh, effects and consequences of mankind's sin in breaking the law of God. It was through the breaking of the law of God that that death entered into the world. And with death, sorrow and tears and crying and pain. Pain goes hand in hand with sin and sin with death. And uh, these are the uh, the evil consequences of sin. And when we look at the world, that's exactly what we see. You can look anywhere you want, any place in this world, and you will see those things. You will see uh, tears and crying and death and sorrow and pain in, in people. And it, it uh, doesn't matter if they're rich or poor, young or old, everyone to some degree, and eventually will experience those things. No one escapes the effects of sin. And so they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now the uh, interesting thing about this word, uh, ponos, it's only found those three times, uh, as I mentioned, but it seems to have some related words. This is a one place where Strong's concordance was helpful in some ways, but not helpful in in its definition because it it pointed actually to another word. Yet when you look at how the Greek word is spelled, we can see that there's um, a close relationship. As ponos is Strong's number forty one ninety two, it has a relationship with 4189, 4190, and 4191. Uh, 4190 is ponoros, 4189, ponoria, and 4191, ponorotoros. And, and again, our word, pain, 4192, is ponos. So they, they have the first three letters the same and, and then um, different endings. Yet, these other words, uh, 4190 poneros, is translated as bad, evil, harm, wicked, and so forth. Poneria, 4189, is translated as iniquity and wickedness. And uh, poneroturus, 4191, is translated as more wicked. So those three words have really a central theme of evil, of wickedness, of badness and harm. And and ponos 
seems to be related and and uh, actually one of these words um, I think it's 4190 says it is derived from ponos so they are related and and ponos means pain it means pain we know that and we can see the connection of course through sin which is evil and wicked and and bad and pain it is normally sin that brings pain when when someone goes contrary to the law of god when they transgress the law of god it it's almost inevitable that they will experience pain as a result there's there's the obvious um uh, sins uh let's say the drunkard the drunkard is drinking and and therefore going against the law of god he should be sober but in his drunkenness he uh he does harm he injures himself physically uh, he could get in a car accident which brings pain to himself and others he, he can have trouble at home with his wife with his family and he can lose his job and so forth it brings pain and more pain and more pain sin and pain or when someone uh robs a store they've committed sin they're caught they're put into jail where they will suffer pain and just about every sin actually if we're feeling um pain in our life it's often the result of sin even physical diseases they they come upon us like cancer or diabetes or whatever due to the consequences of sin it's why our body is seeing corruption it's all related back to the fall of sin and to the curse god placed upon this creation and upon mankind due to their sin so pain is closely related to sin and here they gnawed their tongues out of pain or or out of their own sinful tendencies uh, for instance today people uh, think they have uh, rights that, that no one has ever thought that they had before they think they have um, discovered a new morality that that none had known before uh, such as men marrying men or women marrying women and and they they also think that they have a right if they get pregnant to control their pregnancy and to abort the child and yet these things they they will not bring any good they will not bring any happiness or any peace they will not bring what man might hope they would bring through them we can be sure of that 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 when a person uh, transgresses the law of god on whatever point it is whether it's drinking when god says that you should not drink or smoking when god says you should not do harm to your physical body or whether it's transgressing the law of marriage when god says that marriage is between a man and a woman and not only that it's not just that um, uh, people transgress the law of marriage and men with men and women with women but 
people all over the place transgress the law regarding marriage and divorce and and their divorce and they get remarried and the Bible says, no, you can't. And what happens oftentimes in that second, that third, that fourth marriage? Trouble. There, there is arguing and fighting and, and uh, how could they expect um, good things to come of it? But of course, uh, God is gracious and kind and, and, and often he still is forgiving and, and if someone's a true believer and they've entered into a second marriage, God would have them to live faithfully in that marriage. But these things, when we go contrary to the law of God, inevitably bring difficulty and and trouble into our life that if we had followed God's law, the trouble would at least be less. Well, now it's the time of judgment and mankind is gnawing their tongues out of pain. They're going their own way. They're, they're set in their uh, evil direction. They're going to do what they will do. And, and their insistence upon their sinful course brings them great distress and pain. And, and there is no peace to the wicked. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.